Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. I am Matt Roy, joined by Don Harris and Chuck Mikatinik. Um... This is September 6th, episode 21. Number 21. I already know where Don's going. There's only one. No, there's a few, but I go with TD, man. Tim Duncan, I knew you were going to go there as soon as I saw the number that we were going with today. You have the short list, too, already on here, but I don't know why I always think of Dion. Yeah, Dion's. Why not? Dion's a good one. Roberto Clemente's a good one. That's another the good first one. The yeah. na- first number I thought of, though, I got to tell you, is Lydian Tomlinson, because that's just like... Yeah. As a Bronco fan, I always saw LT running crazy on us. So I just, that was the first person I thought of. And uh, I think uh, Greeny did a book and he put Roberto Clemente in there because Roberto Clemente is uh, so big outside of baseball because he means so much to the culture and all that I, stuff. I but, thought of Roberto Clemente too. That's who I think of when I think baseball. Yeah. But I knew, I knew TD was, TD was going to come out of your mouth. And Dion, those are all, you know, I bet you if you polled a million sports fans, those would be the guys. Yeah, I think there's a big three. There's there's TD, Roberto Clemente, and Dion are probably the three that would come out of everyone's mouth. And then LT comes after that, and there's a couple other guys. John Hadel. Zeke. <laughs> John Hadel. <laughs> every week, right. guys. Every week, someone I've never heard of. Dion changing his number to two during training camp that one year and the ruckus it caused. Man, did you guys see Dion's pregame speech? Yeah, Before that doesn't TCU make you want game. to run through a wall. I don't know it does. Uh, they cut it off. I want to see more when they when they cue <laughs> up his music, man. I thought I just thought it was funny that the whole time he was playing or that they were playing uh, TCU, someone has to come behind him with like a stool so he can sit down because of his leg. So instead of like oh, instead wow. of like a get back coach, he's got a stool coach. Or the headphone that's, cord guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of like Sean McVay's guy who like pulls him so he doesn't run into the refs. He's got a stool guy that brings around a stool just in case he has to sit down because of the circulation in his leg. Yeah, he's had blood clots. Yeah, and I think he's lost, actually lost a couple of toes on that foot. But anyway. He did indeed. Anyway, this is our weekly High School Hype Squad episode of Sneakers and Cleats. Thank you to everyone who listened to last week. Last Wednesday's episode, the last episode we did, was the second uh, most downloaded episode we've ever had besides our first episode, which is all about Wemby. So um, happy that these are doing as well as they are. So every Wednesday, as you know, we... Do Share our, with a friend and tell their friend to get them wherever they get their podcast. Chuck, where do you get your podcast? On the podcast app. <laughs> the, the Apple. It's that po- simple. Yeah, exactly. Apple, see, Apple. Wherever is you that get what them. It is? There's, Apple. there's like, there is like seven. I'm just saying. I know, but I see, Chuck, <laughs> I see Chuck's phone. I know. We, we know he has the Apple app now. Well, um, why not banana? Why does it got to be Apple? <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask Steve. Steve Jobs. There oh wait, we go. can't. Never mind. Oops. Um. This week, we got a recap. Very interesting week two high school football. Talking some surprises, main takeaways, some disappointments. We've got our TNL top 10. We've got our sub top 10. Uh, also going to preview a really exciting matchup on uh, TNL this week with Brennan and Harlan tomorrow over Dub Ferris Stadium. Uh, quarterback's name 
for Harlan is his last name's Fair. So maybe there's an advantage there. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Uh, get to hear from the coaches, some players, all that jazz, just a few minutes. So let's get into the week two recap. Uh, you guys see any dominating statement-making performances? I mean, Brennan rebounded really well against Brandeis, won, winning 28-10 to, 28 to 10 against a good quarterback in, in Lincoln Filiot. Yeah, I mean, game. I thought that was the big surprise, right? I mean, especially given what Brennan didn't do in the first game. But they're a really young team. It's just, I guess, a little shocking that you could grow up a young team from week one to week two, and then we were all extolling the virtues, aptly so, with what Brandeis did and with their quarterback, Philion, if I'm not mistaken, he got a little nicked in that game yeah. too. So. I was actually at, I was at that game, and they lost. Brandeis lost a offensive lineman on the first snap of the game, and then in the second snap of the game, Lincoln, he rolled left, and no one was open, so he tucked it and ran. He got pushed before he went out of bounds. It wasn't a penalty, but he like turned to try and avoid his head hitting something. His helmet came off, and his head looked like it hit a knee or something like that. Mm. So I and then you know by the time I left after after filming the game, Don filming the game, uh, I was no. <laughs> I was uh, he was coming back in, but he just didn't look right. So I mean, you can chalk it up to Brandon playing well. You can also chalk it up to I don't know how much Lincoln was really on for that game. So Brandeis is going to be a good team. No Brandon what. in that first game uh, against Steele, those weren't like physical dominant mistakes like they didn't get dominated by steel they were just lost they were young they're young team and and it was blown coverages type plays Mm -hmm. so once they got that figured out their athletes can can play with anybody i thought uh johnson made a statement too this week uh they dominated o'connor i mean they're it's not just ty hawkins on that team it's their running back lauren johnson is phenomenal i have him down as the player that surprised me he had uh bubba is what they call him he's their senior running back i believe is 215 12 carries three touchdowns in that performance i mean i think two two carries of over like 60 yards too i mean he was just he was all over the place in that one 215 on 12 carries you can't you can't beat that yeah, yeah. player of the week nominee too yeah right? yeah i th- was it's like 17 yards a carry if my math's right um Holmes defeating Mac was good too that game was a shootout apparently that game they scored on every possession in the first half and then uh, Holmes ended up pulling it out because that quarterback, that quarterback ended up running for like two two ten because he's just a big old dude and he just was getting right into the end zone. So that was good. And then we all saw Soto defeat South San. I think we expected Soto to win maybe, but the fact that they're through two games and their point differential is ninety to zero is pretty staggering for a second year program. Yeah, they had a lot of athletes more than I expected. Yeah, I, did you were you impressed with what you saw on Thursday there? I did because the intel was the boys that they had last year are now full grown men now, and I think we saw that on full display. You got athletes, you s- got a lot of speed. You could see that pregame, like just coming out the difference between year one and year two. It looks like everybody lived in the weight room with a with a gallon of milk sure. next to them. Like it's that's just <laughs> insane. Um, I didn't really have any big surprises this week. I, I, I didn't think anything really jumped off the page I, I, to me. I thought Steele might beat Lake Travis. That kind of surprised me. Yeah, 20 to 10. Uh, they had a chance there at the end. Um, but I don't know. It's Lake Travis kind of showed their medal last year against Steele in the, in the playoffs. Like now that they have the quarterback situation figured out and like all all's good there, I, Lake Travis is going to be a, a, a power and might actually win the state championship this year. Um, let's go over our TNL top 10. So Reagan gets into the first slot that since Steele lost. So Reagan now 2-0. They beat Round Rock, which is actually a really, really good win for them. Now they're 2-0. Uh, they were ranked two last week. They're going to go up 
and uh, face Clark on Friday at 7 o'clock in Comalander. Johnson is number two. Uh, they defeated O'Connor. They actually have no game this week, so they'll be going uh, next week against Churchill, who is uh, later on in this top ten. Let's talk about Churchill for a second. Like They're 2-0, they're too, for the first time since 2020. Proud of your boys there, Don? Absolutely. And Chuck and I were saying just a couple of weeks ago, not a surprise with Ron Harris. We, we both agree that he probably gets more from less and gets more out of what he's got, not only if it's a talent differential, but he suits his offense and defenses to the skills that his kids have better than anybody in town. Yeah, I mean, I can only think of maybe Larry Hill as organizationally. What is he doing to give his kids the best chance to win, you know, not only week to week, but even during the offseason, measures what he has and then tailors everything around what he has, just does a superb job. I never see that guy going to get out coached. Right. No, I mean, we've, we, I think I feel like we say it every week. There's so many good coaches around here. I mean, Amen. You, and you look at the top ten, and it's just a who's who of good coaches in our, in our area. Um, three is Warren. Warren's 2-0. They defeated Del Rio 18-13 to uh, last week. Kind of a come-from-behind come victory. I believe they were down um, – 13 to 3 and ended up getting two touchdowns from Anthony Meza in the second half or in the fourth quarter of that game. They'll play Holmes, which I believe we expect them to win at Gus on Thursday night. So we'll have a, a little bit of a recap on on uh both shows Thursday evening. Uh Steel, we just talked about lost to Lake Travis 20 to 10. They're number 4. Not a loss to be ashamed about. Just something, you know, they couldn't get really get going on offense. Uh they're facing Hutto though next. Huddo's. Did you guys see the score from that game? I, no. eighty-two I, I, to eighty. Yeah, it's only because you pointed it out. Eighty-two Keepers. to eighty. Uh, Huddo lost to Liberty Hill. Their quarterback in that game, Will Hammond, passed for seven hundred and nineteen <laughs> yards, rushed for eighty-eight, and combined for ten touchdowns. So Liberty Hill scores eighty yeah. on Huddo, and they lost to Wagner, Wagner. forty-nine to seventeen. It tells me Hutto's defense ain't great. <laughs> or, or Wagner's defense is really good. Or at least or a little yeah, bit of yes. both. <laughs> or a little bit of both. That's weird. What's or the highest scoring game you guys have ever seen in high school? Like, can you even. I don't remember an 80 game. I remember. You, you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. University of Houston run and shoot score 90 on SMU, like 97. What about the Alamo Heights game last week? I mean, oh, that yeah, was like, yeah, I don't 80, remember the last time I saw zero. that. That was in 81? 81 to zero last week against was Brackenridge. The stud getting... His yeah, uh, Michael. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. When does like, he not? We sent someone to film that game, and there was like three touchdowns in the first couple of minutes. Shoot that game. <laughs> film it. Two plays in a <laughs> two plays in a roster. Two what plays about in a tape? Ro- so yes. we, get, <laughs> we went there to chop up the tape on that one. Um, so yeah, they they won eighty one to zero. We'll get to them in a second. They're that's they're no at nine, fun. but that's no fun. Well, it's no fun for anybody. That's no fun for anyone. Screw it. Alamo Heights is at nine. We'll just get into them right That's now. No so I don't understand. Play how, your freshman, Ron Ritterman. Well, I don't understand how UIL can put them in a, in a league like this. I think like, that's that's what 
That's what Ron he said. Ron like, I don't understand. Having to face because he's got to try to get his team ready for yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. It's not his fault. I mean, do you penalize his kids? They got to get and them ready. They, I mean, they, it's tough. I mean, how, how cool is it of Ritterman and Alamo Heights? They protested that placement. Like, like they knew he knew he was going to go 10 and 0 every year. But he knew it was also not good, not for the greater good. So he's like, "We don't belong in this league. We are going to kill everybody." Yeah, and it's and they are. I mean, they're going to play Highlands this week. I don't expect it to be eighty-one to zero because I don't think anyone expects any game to ever be eighty-one to zero. But sixty to seven, who knows? Alamo Heights is really good, and Highlands is really okay. Good. Yeah, hi, yeah. I mean, Alamo, Alamo Heights is really good. Alamo Heights is always really good. <laughs> And Ron Ruderman has his guys ready to play. I don't understand how they can put him in that in that district next year. It needs to change. It will. It like, will. They rotate him out every couple of years. It's rough. But uh, five, we got New Braunfels. They defeated Seguin in the Good game. 45-22 in the 111th Guadalupe River Bowl. So that was a good one. They play uh, New, New Braunfels Canyon next or this week in the Worst Bowl on Friday at uh, 7 o'clock. So that'll be a good game between two rivals. Uh, Harlan beat Laredo Alexander 37 to 14. We'll get into them a little bit more after the top 10 here. They play Brennan on TNL. They are 0 and 4 against Brennan all time. Uh, I talked to uh, Coach Salas about that a little bit. He's he's itching for a win, man. He is he is so excited to try and get a win against Brennan, man. Uh, Smithson Valley is seven. They defeated Killeen uh, Harker Heights 27 to 10. Bounced back from a tough loss to Reagan in week one. Their next game is East Central at 7 o'clock on Friday at Ranger Stadium. Churchill defeated Buda Hayes 35 to 7. Dominating win for Churchill. Um, they're 2 0, first time since 2020. They play Madison uh, 7 o'clock. Is it? Also, went to, also undefeated. You went to Madison, right? I did. Also oh, undefeated. It's rivalry week for me and Chuck. That's oh. right. We got a. Fr- we might have to have a wager. I was gonna say, is there a friendly wager we can we we'll can come up with one? Oh man, let's see if we can come up with one by the end of the pod here. Uh, it'll be it'll be entertaining. Madison and and Churchill, so they're playing this week. Churchill's at eight. Uh, Alamo Heights is at nine. Like we just talked about, they won eighty-one to zero over Brackenridge. They play Highlands at Orem at uh, seven on Friday, and then Brennan defeating Brandeis so twenty-eight to ten. Rebounded from a bad week one loss, they play. On TNL at Ferris Stadium at 7. Let me run through the sub-TNL top 10 real quick before we get into Brennan here. Cuero, 2-0, they're, one, they're number one. Godless. Somerset. <laughs> You're going to tell me all of, all of them as we go through? Just the good ones. All right, Somerset is number two. Three is Lavernia. Four is Bernie. Five is Jordanton. Six, Davenport. Seven, Randolph. Eight, Bandera. Nine, Honda, <laughs> nine Hondo. And ten, Divine. Owls. Hondo's <laughs> got a good one. How many owls are there? Rice? I don't know. Not in high school. I don't. Not I'm many. Not, not many in high Temple. school. I can think of Rice and Temple. Uh, all right, let's talk about TNL. So, week one, Brendan comes out very young team. They lost a lot of talent. They get destroyed. I mean, and and I was talking to coach and Coach Bazer, and he not that he expected to lose fifty two to zero, but when he when they scheduled this game last year, and we're on the Pigskin Classic, and, and we're playing in the Alamo Dome, it was a great game. And it was really good experience for all of the seniors that he had. He knew that this year might not be the best, but he didn't expect 52 to 0, but they sure rebounded really well this week. No yeah. question about it, right? I mean, didn't see it coming. I mean, we knew they're going to grow up and be good at some point. I just don't think I necessarily thought it would be last week against Brandeis. Yeah, and again, when I saw the highlights of Steel Brennan, it was just busts. 
busted coverage. It wasn't like bigger, faster, stronger, physically dominated, faster than us, executed better. It was like six plays where two guys bumped into each other or completely blew the coverage and a guy was wide open 20 yards deep in the you know downfield for touchdown. So it wasn't it was a week one miscommunication, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and talking to Baser, he um, he knows his team's young. I mean, their quarterback's a sophomore. They're, one of their best receivers is a sophomore. They have the love kid who's a running back. He's going he's gonna to be all over the field. He'll be in the slot. They're trying to figure out different ways to get him kind of acclimated. When I talked to Coach, he, I was like, give me a couple of guys at each at, at, on offense and defense, and he just ran through a list of all the talent that he has. He went on for like five minutes. I was like, this is fantastic. I don't even need to do prep anymore. I can just listen to this interview all day. But um, it was – they have so much talent, and it's going to be interesting to see how they put it together all year. Yeah, and I think lost in this a little bit is that Harlan's also young. They've only got three returners back on offense, but they're lucky that they're veteran at quarterback. Mm-hmm. you got a four-year guy playing quarterback, and their receiver, Peyton, has already been offered by UTSA and Texas State, so he's a player, and they got some headhunters on defense, so... I think these teams kind of mirror each other in terms of, you know, what they have back. I know for Baser, this is about the fewest number of returnees that he's had coming back in recent memory. So it should be a very fascinating game. But again, we're going to see a lot of talent, a lot of speed, two well-coached teams. And I can't, that's like I said last night, I can't wait for Thursday to get here. Yeah. And, um, talking to Coach Salas, he was he was telling me that uh, they have a, a they have a tackle on their team who's a four year starter at and and he's like the leader of that entire squad. He's one of their returners. He's one of their three on offense. Carrizales. Yes, it's uh, Miguel Carrizales. He's a he's the left tackle protecting Noah Ferris's blind side, and he is like four year starter, skinny little kid when he came in, but he knew instantly like his feet were amazing. He had good good technique. All he had to do was put on the weight. And now he's put on the weight, and he's he's looking really, really good. So I think we might might even need to see him in the All Star game this year. Who knows? But um, a lot of good players on both teams. Historically, I think it's kind of amazing for for both coaches. Harlan, obviously, I think they're in their seventh year. Uh, and twenty seventeen was their first year, kind of like Soto this year, uh, or Soto last year, excuse me. But it's interesting and, and kind of cool how Coach Bazer, um despite all these new schools opening up, still finds a way to get this talent, develop it, and create a good, if not great, program and team every single year. 100%. Yeah. One of the best around, right? Yeah, he's he's got – Harris does too at Churchill, and, and there's many others, but – Yep. So and have a too program. Mm-hmm. You know, a pro you, – you go to middle school – you go to elementary school in that district. You go to middle school – you go to the games, you know, you watch the big guys mm-hmm. and then you, you're in the, you're in a freshman and, and it's a program, it's a culture, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You go up, you grow up, you want to, you like go and see coach Bazer and, and the Brennan bears. And you're like, I want to go to that school. And I he be a knows bear. who you are when you're in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. He knows who you are because Absolutely. he's what he knows what's coming up the pipeline. It, it's just, and then when you have Harlan and you're like, you're splitting off. You're trying to knock off Big Brother almost. You're trying to knock off the Brennan Bears who have not dominated, but they've been one of the preeminent programs of San Antonio for for a while. So, I mean, it 
it's kind of cool seeing them try and you know get over that hump finally. And Harlan's been there for the last few years. Salas has done a really good job. They just happen to be in a really tough district with a lot of really good teams, but they're on their way up, and I, I could see them being a dominant force down the road. Yeah, and, they, and they've already proved that they can be. Even with three returning starters, they're two and zero, and they're in our TNL top ten. They're they're three, right? Is that what I said? Three, four, yeah. something like that. The uniforms are is also very happy to see Harlan. <laughs> you you love uniforms because Harlan has the baby blue and black. It's such a it's the Villanova you know. It's, kinda, a, good, it's a good color combo. It, it's a great color combination. If what, you don't overuse the baby blue. I like Brennan's, too, with the black and the oh, yellow. Yeah. They, yeah. they have some good jerseys. Uniform Zara's going to be very happy tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, also, just speaking of the community around, around the teams and whatnot, the Brennan boosters and parents and how much they show out for every single game, it never ceases to amaze me. We had them twice on TNL last year, I think. And I asked Coach Bazer about this. We'll hear from him in a second. Why they like being on TNL and why like all these teams like being on TNL. It gives you a little snapshot into what these schools have built, which is just so amazing to me every single year. Yeah, for sure. Harlan, Harlan does too. Like, not, Did you not understand? To yeah, right. Has he? Has Bazer gotten to this? Well, guy I, th- I got him early. Oh, yeah. I got him early in the a week. Bit. So, okay. but, you know, for the for the it's only week three. Yeah, I know. I got him early in the week, and so when he was going like this, and, and you can't really understand him on Thursday night. Like, if he's winning at halftime on Thursday night, and I have to get him for the halftime interview. Turn your TV up a little bit. Like you might not be able, or put the subtitles on. Maybe subtitles. <laughs> like figure something out because you might not be able to understand him with all the yelling he's going to do. But yeah. Uh, anyway, th- so let's get to let's get to the interviews real quick. So Coach Bazer is going to be first. Then I will uh, uh, brief you with Coach Salas, and then we'll go into the players right after that. So hear a little bit from my conversation with Coach Bazer from what's today Wednesday. So yesterday I interviewed Coach Bazer. A great game against Brandeis, and then obviously they're a really solid team as well. So. Uh, it feels good to, you know, play well and, uh, you know, not make the mistakes that we made and, and uh, get a positive result. So hopefully that's the trend moving forward. Coach, how tough is that for you to come into a year like this where it's not not a transition year, but you guys had so much talent that left? I mean, by statistics, the most prolific passer in San Antonio history gone, his brother gone, Abram Carter gone. I mean, just all of these. I can just keep going down the list of guys that you lost. So how difficult is that for you? Well, like you said, I mean, literally, it was pretty much every skill position except for our running back, you know, who's back, Jason Love. But, you know, all those, you know, guys you mentioned were seniors and they'd been together for a really long time and, and um, got to fill a lot of slots. And, and I feel like we filled them with some pretty good kids, but they're, you know, mainly younger dudes. Um, so, again, you know, the first time on the horse, everybody's a little scared to gallop. And uh, maybe that's what happened or whatever. But, but, but I think, again, we got over that. Um, in a hurry and, and kids now understand, you know, what varsity level competition is and, and um, you know, how they got to step up. And like I said, it's a big step to go from a freshman, you know, season to a varsity season. And then like we mentioned, stepping into a, a quality opponent, like Steele just kind of intensifies that situation. But, um, but, you know, really good kids, they work really hard and they, they've got talent. They're going to do some great things. And they started to do some great things. Like I said, against Brandeis last week. And uh, you know, we're just trying to take, Big jumps week in and week out. So I think we took a big jump from Steeler Brandeis. I'm hoping we can take a big jump from Brandeis to uh, Harlan and then just continue to do so throughout the season and, and you know, get to where we want to be, uh, where people usually, you know, 
expect us to be and that kind of a thing, you know, as the season progresses. So we're trying to get there fast, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, it can only go as fast as it can go. And that's more up to the kids um, and, and how much they can handle and how much they can take in and then understanding what they got to do to make it happen on the field. But, um, you know, again, big jumps uh, from last week, to this week and trying to do the same thing, you know, week in and week out now. Coach, how is that for you to always kind of be on the, on that pedestal now? Like you've set that precedent, you've set that standard. And so when you come out and you, you have that game that you did against steel. I mean, people may question like where you guys are. How is that to try and hold yourself and all your players to that 12 and two season that you guys had last year or whatever it was? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, tradition's a good thing and success is a good thing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like they always say, it's easier to get on top and stay on top. Right. And, and staying on top is to me, the challenge. And, and, you know, I'm not saying we're, we, we've, we've necessarily been on top, but we, we've, been in the conversation. We'll just leave it that way. And that's where we want to be. We want to, we want to be, you know, when the, when the season ends, we want to be in, you know, the regional final, regional champ, you know, city champ, whatever it is, um, play four rounds, play five rounds. And ultimately, you know, our goal never changes, uh, even though it's been a while, you know, to get to uh, the state championship, but you got to do it one game at a time. And, and, you know, we do take it really serious as a, you know, a program, coaches, kids, community, school, et cetera. Uh, and just an athletic program. So uh, we do have high standards. We want to meet those high standards, but, you know, it's a lot easier to do it with kids that have been there and done that than with kids that haven't. And, you know, just like you mentioned, all the, all the prolific guys that, that left as seniors, they were sophomores too. And, you know, they still had talent as sophomores, but they had to go through that growth process as well. Um, so it's no different, you know, no matter what you do. And at the end of the day, uh, like I said, for us, it's, it's a little abnormal to have as few returning starters coming back combined with a lot of young kids or new kids playing. So this is just one of those years where we're a little bit greener than we normally are um, in terms of returning players and or new players uh, playing varsity for the first time. So that's why you, ha- you know, again, have have a learning curve and, and that kind of thing. But once we settle in and kind of get where we need to be, you know, I think really good things are going to happen. And, and we showed glimpses of that last week. Coach, I think uh... – you guys might be young, but there's no shortage of talent on this team. I think all of us knew the people and knew the kids on this on the team last year. Introduce me to a couple of the kids this year. Who do we have on Brennan now that all of the prolific, you know, those prolific names have left? So introduce me to a few of your kids. Give me two or three names on offense and defense that we got to be looking out for. Right. Well, you know, probably starting on offense. You know, Jason Love is is one of the returners we have, uh, the running back, and and again, he's a great runner, great, great pass receiver, and great pass blocker. And um, so, you know, we rely on him a lot to do some things. We're trying to use him uh, in multiple fashions, you know, beyond just running back because he has such great hands and can be such a great receiver. And sometimes that allows us to get other running backs on the field, you know, some younger guys as well. So uh, I think, you know, he's, he's the, um, you know, flagship of offense just from returning, but, you know, our quarterback's a sophomore, Caden Glass. He, he's very capable, uh, really smart, high football IQ, um, Really great kid, highly competitive, which I love. I love, you know, that's my number one quality in, in players is are they competitive? Do they want to win? And he's definitely one of those guys, you know. So, again, you know, kind of had a, a, a tough start, but settled in a little better last week and hopefully get more comfortable again at the varsity level playing. But I think that's a name you're going to hear a lot in the next three years, you know, with relation to Brennan High School and, and Brennan football. Uh, Donnie Lard, Melvin Kahn are two both. Really good receivers. Melvin's uh, junior. He was hurt last year uh, as a sophomore for the majority of the season. So he, he would have probably gotten some varsity looks, but 
you know, had a pretty significant injury, so he missed almost the whole season. Uh, and then Donnie Lard's a sophomore, so both of them are new to varsity, but they're both very, you know, capable, explosive, you know, kids. And and um, you know, Melvin's very athletic, and 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 Lard probably runs, um, you know, routes better than anybody. Uh, especially for a young kid as a sophomore and, and he's got really good hands and he made a really good catch and run after the catch against Brandeis to score. Can't remember his uh, third or fourth touchdown, but that was a really good play. And he had two touchdowns last week uh, against Brandeis. And, and so those guys are kind of the core of, of, you know, what we've got, uh, you know, mainly skill wise. Um, and then, you know, up front, Ryan Watson is, is just an amazing kid. Um, he's a returning starter from last year, played some as a, as a sophomore, you know, not overly huge on the O-line, but really smart, plays great technique, amazing kid, great character. So those are kind of the core guys, you know, that make up our offense. And obviously we feel good about, you know, pretty much everybody, but they're the ones that, you know, maybe are the, are, are the leaders or the up-and-comers, you know, to a, to a large degree. And then defensively, um, Justin Escobar, you know, is a junior, uh, played last year as a sophomore, played really well, had some big hits, some some key interceptions. Um really can make things happen. We use them kind of like we used Tyler Turner a little bit last year, uh, somewhat at linebacker, somewhat at safety, although probably more safety than, than, than Tyler. Um, but he can hit and he's got great instincts and he's kind of a ball hawk type dude that can make plays. So probably starts with him. Um, Deion Tovar is a corner who's very aggressive, very physical. Uh, if we're going to have a big hit, it's usually going to come from him. Uh, and he started last year. So those two guys, you know, we probably know, but they're going to take more of a, a, a spotlight maybe now that Tyler's gone and some of the other kids from last year. Um, Dylan Chapman uh, is a defensive lineman. He uh, he only had one sack last week, but he had seven pressures that were literally like two steps from a sack. So you're talking about potentially, you know, a lot of sacks, but but he just, you know, was a step short, but that creates havoc, you know, and that creates, you know, pressure and on the quarterback and, and, he, you know, made him throw it away or made bad throws and all that kind of stuff. So had really a big impact, you know, last week. And hopefully he'll continue to do that again. His first varsity game was against Steele. So big learning curve for him. But but he's improved by leaps and bounds just in a short time. Um, linebacker wise, you know, uh, Jesus Contreras is, uh, again, first time junior starter. And, and he really improved. He, he played pretty well against Steele, but he played really well against Brandeis. And I think he's comfortable now. So. Those are some names that are going to be in on a lot of tackles and making a lot of plays and, and doing a lot of things for the Bears on defense. So uh, hopefully that's enough names. And maybe I didn't, you know, no, I love it. talk I love too it. much or whatever. But, but those are all some really good kids. And, and um, you know, I, I think they're going to make a lot of plays for us on both sides of the ball. Like I mentioned. Coach, how does it make you feel, at least, that you guys have a program that, like, people aspire to be and, and aspire to be like? And not just your program, but the community around Brennan football and around Brennan athletics and – and the, it's kind of a testament to what you've built. So tell me, can you tell me a little bit about the community you guys do have around Brendan football and Brendan athletics as a whole and how that is for you to kind of be the, the program that people aspire to be? Well, you know, we, we always start off with, you know, professionalism and we want to be great teachers in the classroom. We want to be coach, great coaches on the field. And, you know, I've been doing this a long time and, and uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's always, you know, had successful seasons. Like I've been 0-10 multiple times, uh, which is not fun. And, you know, kind of, you know, my experience is you either get better or you get beat. I mean, there's not really too many ways around that. So, uh, 
you know, as I was growing in my career, I just thought if I'm ever the head coach, like we're going to have really high expectations. We're going to really work uh, to maximize, you know, everything we can out of the kids and, and find what they're good at and adjust as necessary. And, and then obviously we're blessed with some pretty good players um, from time to time. And, and again, you know, we don't always have the D1 guys, but we have a lot of guys that can play football, especially high school football. You know, uh, I think we've had six guys in 13 years go D1. We've had a lot of guys go, you know, lower levels and and, and play so on and so forth. So uh, we're not always, not always the biggest, but, um, you know, the kids can play ball and they understand it and they like it and they enjoy it. So we have really high expectations. Um, again, the, the kids bought in, the community bought in. We have really good fan support. Uh, you know, our fans are really loud. The Booster Club is very supportive and, and uh, you know, we usually have good showings at games. So I think it just it started with, you know, having the vision of of building a great program. You know, we don't want to be good this season or that season or we don't want to beat this team or that team. We want to try to beat everybody and we want to try to be the best and we want to be as good as we can possibly be. And uh, we want to do that every year, you know. And and the other side of it is is, you know, a, a really humble approach, which is, we have to get better as coaches every year so we can improve upon what we do and how we do it. So hopefully we're doing some things that, um, you know, are uh, cutting edge with what's going on in football and, and we're ahead of the curve instead of behind it. And, um, and then, you know, we, we really emphasize being an ace and that's really big for us. And that stands for great attitude, great character and great effort. And we always tell kids, if you can play like an ace and be an ace in life, not only are you going to be successful on the field, you're going to be successful in the classroom, you're going to be successful in life. And, uh, you know, if you've seen our shirts, most of them have ace on them. And we talk about that all the time with our kids and all our sports because uh, that really that's what we want. And, and fortunately, we've been pretty successful across the board, you know, boys and girls sports, um, you know, generally year in and year out. And obviously every year there's a dip here or there from certain things, but uh, we don't like dips. So we try to make sure they don't happen if, if at all possible. Uh, so, uh I, you know, I guess that's that's kind of where it starts with professionalism and, and high expectations. And I think those are really critical. And then establishing the foundation and, uh, of being aces and, and we have studs and I won't get into that as well. But but uh, those things really help build a culture, climate and environment, hopefully of success. And then we just, again, continue to build on it because the, the minute you think you've arrived, you're done. What's that like for you, seeing how many people have bought in? Like, as far as parents and boosters and your guys' whole community, seeing so many people invest in you in, in your games and in, in, in everything you do, whether it's football or other athletics that are at the school, what's that like for you? Well, it's, it's great when, um, you know, the parents are, are involved and or super supportive. And, you know, I'll use the steel game as an example. You know, we had people in the community, like, literally call me and say, Coach, you know, Keep it up. I know y'all are, uh, you know, a good team and, and everybody takes a tough loss from time to time. But I thought that was kind of, you know, different in terms of they were like, man, we just feel bad for the kids and we want want y'all to come back. And, and I told them, hey, you know, that's football and and, and things happen. But um, we plan on coming back, you know, and, and um, we plan on doing better. And, and again, we were able to do that last week and hopefully we'll be able to do that this week. And uh, and then, you know, one of the parents, you know, we're on this thing called Sports U with all the parents in the community and one of the parents said, you know what, uh, as bad as it looked against Steel, the kids handled themselves with class. They they played, they continued to play hard, and they understand we've got to get better, you know, and, and it was a turning point. And we didn't have kids, you know, fighting with each other on the sideline or, you know, throwing helmets or acting acting stupid. Um, they all took it in stride and just kind of understood 
there's a certain way we want to act, a certain things we want to do, and and we've got to get better. And and you know, it was nice to see kind of community reach out in, in that regard, just to be you know supportive and and you know. And I told the kids, hey man, you know, people are calling saying they they feel for us and they want us to you know get back on track and and uh, all that kind of a thing. And it was just it was really nice to hear that from um, you know, the community members you know reaching out. And I guess it doesn't. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring. The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happen that much because we haven't gotten beaten like that in a while, but, um, but it's, it, it's really nice to know that everybody's involved and that they do see that the kids are acting right and, and being aces and handling themselves and all that kind of a thing. So, uh, it was it was just a mini, you know, touchy feely moment, and I'm not a very touchy feely guy, but it was nice uh, to to feel that support and feel that love, you know, from the from the parents and the community. I think they were just surprised more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Probably so. <laughs> well, coach, uh, last question for you. I know you got to get out of here, and I don't want to hold you up too long, but it seems since I've been here, at least, I mean, we have you guys on on TNL all the time, and uh, part of it's because of the access that you grant us, but I have a feeling that, and I don't want to speak for you, but you seem to like it. You seem to like like the spotlight being on you guys and and giving them and giving your kids and your your band and your cheerleaders and all of these guys kind of the spotlight for at least one week so everyone in the city can see what's going on at Brennan. Is that kind of how you feel about it? And why is it that you, you sometimes enjoy being on TNL? Well, I mean, honestly, because we're such a big district and and we really need another stadium, but that's a topic for another day as well. But that, that really creates a lot of Thursday games, you know. And uh, as a result of those Thursday games, you know, it, it gives Northside a lot of opportunity to be on TNL. And uh, fortunately, you know, we've been on once or twice, you know, like you said, every year for the last three or four years. Um, so it gives our kids, you know, a chance to play on TV, which, you know, back in my day, you know, but there's no way that was going to happen. Um, and, and they can do it literally more than once uh, in a season now. And so that's super cool you know, for the kids, uh, their families, the community and everybody. I mean, it, it's kind of neat to be able to stay at home and watch a game sometimes, especially if it's far drive for somebody or, you know, you got family in town or whatever. You know, and we prefer they come and cheer, you know, and be loud at the games. But, you know, I, I'm so grateful for TNL for doing what they do and highlighting high school kids and high school athletics, because it's the best thing that kids have today. Um, in my opinion, I mean, sports builds so many character traits and teaches you about life and, and it's about winning and, and losing and it's about being successful and failing and how you get back up and how do you respond and dealing with adversity and highlighting great kids doing great things, whether it's band, cheer, sports, you know, whatever. Um, and it just, puts a big, you know, microscope or, or spotlight on the schools involved. And this week, you know, it's us in Harlan and and that's really great for our school and our kids. And there's so many good things that, that happen in high schools that don't get seen and don't get talked about. Um, 
you know, sometimes it's just about wins and losses, but there's a lot of great kids doing a lot of great things. And you guys are able to highlight that again, not only in sports, but in cheer and in dance and in band and just every aspect of life, you know, the, the scholarships that y'all give out. We've had two kids uh, win the TNL scholarship in the past. And I, you know, I think it's $5,000. It's, it's a pretty good one. Uh, it might even be 10. And I mean, that's a huge opportunity that, that, that our kids can take advantage of. And, and that's an example of them not only doing it on the field, but doing it in the classroom. So, you know, we're very appreciative to be, you know, selected twice. And, and uh, uh, it just highlights the great kids that we have at Brennan High School and, and, and in the Northside District. A lot of the reasons I love doing these interviews is because I just, I haven't even asked you about Harlan. Like, I, <laughs> we've been talking for 20 minutes. I haven't even asked you about your game on Thursday. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to get into that because I, I like talking about the, uh, the other stuff more and getting to know you guys and your kids. So, uh, awesome. Coach. I greatly appreciate the time. We will see you on, on Thursday, and uh, I'm sure I'll come say hello before the game. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll see you on Thursday, brother. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Later, man. Well, that was Coach Steve Bazer right there. Obviously very um, <laughs> very confident in his team, but he knows he knows they're young. So it's nice to hear from him uh, talk about his guys in the community that they have. Let's talk to, talk to, excuse me, talk to Coach uh, Eddie Salas as well. Had a great interview with him. Nice to nice to talk to him again uh, this year after we had him on TNL, I believe, last year. So let's hear from him right now, and then we'll get to the players right after that. Lucky enough to have Coach Salas here on the Cedars and Cleats podcast. How are you today? Uh, doing well yourself. I am fantastic. Uh, not, nothing brings me joy like talking about high school football. So Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, you guys are 2-0 and once again this year. Uh Give me a little bit of the secret sauce. What are you guys? What are you guys doing right? What are you doing so far in the first two weeks? You know, I, I think you just the off season is huge. You know, we we try from one season to the next to have a a quick start. You know, we don't wait very long before we're in a weight room and getting better at our craft. You know, and uh, we do that on purpose where there's really not a big break because we want uh, the kids that are starting the new season to feel like hey, this is where it starts, you know? And, you know, obviously when, when you, you've had some wins in the past and made the playoffs, I think kids keep believing. And so the same, that little core group of kids that come back, um, they're able to get everybody else to rise to to their standard of work ethic, you know? And it's what it is. It's, it's a hard work mentality. You know, you got to go in there and put in time. Coach, you guys, you've had good teams before since you've, been there uh, I think 2016 right when you or 2017 when you got over there yeah we opened up in 2017 on the JV season mm -hmm. yeah you guys you guys have had good teams before but what what makes this team a little bit different what what's the uh kind of personality of this team yeah you know it's just uh I think uh they're really close you know we wore our shirts on pregame and I asked the boys what they wanted to wear and they said brotherhood you know and I think that's probably the way to describe them it's a great brotherhood you know, we get our offense and defense, and when they go big on big or ones on ones, uh, it is it is a dogfight in the practice uh, from not just the playing perspective, but the mouthing off to each other, right? But it's pretty neat to see that when practice is over, they all go across each other and, you know, high-five each other and tell each other good job. I think that, uh, you know, that spirit of competition's there, but but also that brotherhood's there, that they know they're making each other better. So, Coach, you guys, 
coming off a, a pretty good season where you went to the third round and lost to Vandergrift. You guys did lose to Brennan last year in this in this mm-hmm. same week. Is there a little bit of revenge on the mind as you guys go into TNL against Brennan? <laughs> you know, we have not been beat Brennan. We've had some success at Harlan, you know, and I think uh, we've, from our history, we've met up with him three times, you know, uh, and I think the average score would be like 11 points for us and like 41 for them, you know. Uh, and so <laughs> when you say a little bit of revenge, I'm, uh, you know, I look at it like, yes, that that is always a a standard for us, right? Like if you want to, if you're at Northside and in this era right now and you want to compare yourself, obviously Brennan has that has had that success these last few years and, and you want to make them the the – you know, the standard, you know, you want to get to that point where they're at. Uh, and, and and so I think this year, you know, we have those kids. We have the kids that believe in it. We have the kids that have put in the time and are excited about it. Uh, like Monday practices. And I'll tell you, I mean, every coach in the world will tell you, you know, you show up to Monday and it's, it's almost like a walkthrough, learning, kind of get the new system for the new stuff for that week, the new learning for that week. So it's a little slow paced and, uh, not really revved up, right? You know, well, yesterday was pretty revved up. You know, like first Monday practice, I go, man, it's like the best Monday practice I've had in 25 years, you know? Uh, and, and it had nothing to do with the coaches. The kids just came like that, you know? Uh, it's Labor Day, you know? Sometimes you get that kid that, you know, came in late or missed this or that, you know, not because of Labor Day. Oh, they were all here bright and early, uh, ready to go. And so, that just tells you where their mindset is. You know, I know they know it's a big game and, and uh, it, it means a lot because it's our first district game as well. You know, it's, there's just a lot going on. You got first district game, one of the best schools in, in San Antonio with the Brennan bears, you know, you know, Thursday night lights, you know, you're on TV. There's just so much going on. Uh, and our kids are doing a great job of just, you know, working past all that. And, and understanding that there is a goal and the goal is to win. And you win on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. So that Thursday, it just happens, you know. So we're excited for the challenge. In a way, does a game like this on a Thursday night against who is presumed to be the number one team in your guys' district mm-hmm. kind of set the tone for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, you know, our kids are riding high on a 2-0, and uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, record right now going into the, the pre-district. And, and you know, we pay, face two quality teams, you know, an extremely athletic East Central team uh, and then just a very physical Laredo Alexander team. And, you know, we set those preseason games for that reason. You get one team with with, with some lot of speed and just, you know, great athletes. And then and in Alexander, it's like a pound it, go get it, you know. And, and, and so I think those two teams have gotten us ready for where we're at. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think our kids are ready. Is it is it important? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they know that. And going on a short week uh, on a Thursday, it's sometimes good because, you know, the kids are so wired about it. And it's like, all right, let's get you all this information. But right, let's, let's get ready go. to play. <laughs> yeah, like it's game time. Let's go play. You know? And so I'm sure the Brandon Bears are the same way or feel the same way. You know, there's only so much you can do to prep, right, and get ready for a team. Uh, and then the rest is, is the kids got to show up, you know, and I think ours will. 
Coach, I want to give you, I like giving coaches uh, an opportunity kind of during this, during this interview to just tell me a little bit about some of the players on your team. When we're all watching on TNL or when I'm on the sidelines and I'm looking out yeah. for people, who am I going to be looking out for? Who's going to be popping off the field? Just give me a couple of names, a little bit about them if you can. Yeah, I think we'll start off with the offense. You know, number one, you got to look at our quarterback, Noah Ferris, right? So he's a third-year starter for us. And, uh, you know, his first start was against the Brennan Bears. Uh, he was uh, – we had a, a quarterback that played the first two uh, games uh, – uh, uh, and and he got injured, and Noah Ferris was his little sophomore kid that, you know, uh, had only played in, like, two freshman games because he had a broken uh, – or a, a, a foot or something that was broken, you know, and and he was out most of his freshman year. He played in, like, two games. Comes on JV, plays, like, one JV game or two maybe, and then here he is on the biggest stage, right, playing the Brendan Bears as a backup quarterback, and he gets the call within a few – place you know uh and so uh you know one of the things that i give him credit for is is the amount of work and time that he's put in to his craft i mean he has exponentially grown as a as a player as a leader uh you know and and just makes great decisions and so you know we're excited to have him and i think everybody will see what he can do on, on thursday you know uh he he comes down. You got to remember, we got three returners coming back from offense. And so he kind of sits. It's good when that happens and you have a quarterback that's been there three years. You know what I mean? Because he kind of calms everything down. He's still sitting in the pocket, make good throws, make good reads. In practice, he's able to talk to players about, hey, that route's run wrong. You need to make it skinnier or, you know, whatever. And, and so I think he's going to be uh, a kid that stands out quite a bit. Um, you know, you got our offensive tackle, uh, Miguel Carizales. Nobody talks about the O-lineman, right? Uh, they, they, don't, they don't get enough pub. I played O-line. O-line talk go. about all the O-linemen right now. I don't care. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so I'll praise them all, but I tell you, uh, <laughs> uh, it starts with M Miguel Carizales. He's a four-year starter. You know, here's a kid that's a little skinny, tall freshman one day, and our offensive line coach comes and says, He's our guy at tackle. And I'm like, man, he weighs like a buck 50, you know? And he says, uh, no, he's our guy. Look at him. And I went and watched him. And sure enough, he just had great form, great technique. It's the solid feet, coach. It's oh, the footwork. He, he, his technique helped him till he got bigger and faster and stronger, you know? And and now he's he's a man. You know, he's, he's a four-year starter. He dominates. Uh, last week, they – had a really uh, tough defensive end, and and he handled them like nothing. You know, he's such a great athlete in person and has become a, a very aggressive kid, you know, gets after it. And, you know, he's like number 11 or 12 in his class, too, of 524. So, you know, smart kid. Now, I think what he's done is he's made our offensive line better because, you know, you played offensive line, they're just a very cliquish group you know they hit up the buffets and all that other good stuff together. we're a weird group of people but we're very <laughs> yeah so it's definitely a brotherhood and he's he brings that all together i think he's definitely the glue of that unit uh on there uh then you have our third guy that returned on offense you got peyton matthews number four and peyton special he's a junior this year and last year he played for us as a sophomore and got some some times and moments there where he was you know, highlighted and explosive. 
Uh, and then this year, it's like he's he's the guy. You know, he's he's the guy that people are going to see. And I think if you're watching on Thursday, you know, TNL, you, you know, he'll, he'll probably he should be one of those guys to look for. You know, I, he's explosive. He can play running back. He can play slot receiver. He can play quarterback. You know, uh, he play wide receiver. So he he's he kind of has a uh, you know, it's a Swiss Army knife for the offense, right? Kind of play every every bit of it. Uh, and so, you know, we're excited to see what he can do this year. Uh, and so those are, you know, some guys in there. We got some other young guys that are working through, but, you know, they're the three that that we look for right now. And then what about a couple of guys on defense? Just give me a, give me two. All right, two defensive guys. You got to look at uh, Eliza Walton. All right? And Eliza Walton's our linebacker, outside linebacker. Three-year starter, uh, Army commit. Uh, he is, uh, I think, he ranks number four or six in his class right now, a five twenty-four senior. Uh, great kid. I mean, he's going to be flying around. He is on most plays, and you watch film. He's on most plays, and he triggers hard, comes downhill, um, understands the game very well. So he's he's in good position all the time. You know, I think. He's one to look for. Uh, and then you got Nathaniel Teeler, you know. He plays D-line. Here's another credit right to the lineman. Uh, but the, the defensive lineman, you know, he's one of those guys that, uh, um, you know, just has a quick twitch muscle, you know. I was timing him on our 40s, watching him run with uh, skill kids. And I think the first three yards, he probably beat all those really good skill kids. You know, he just has that great come off. He's uh, his mindset is is always get to the quarterback, you know, uh, and he loves that stuff. He lives for football, loves it. And and it shows on the field all the time of his how passionate he is. That's awesome. Coach. One of the reasons I like to do these interviews is get a little bit past the X's and the O's. There's so many people that love high school football and just love mm -hmm. high school sports, especially in Texas. What is it that makes high school football on the Friday Night Lights or Thursday Night Lights in this case? so special when it comes to the kind of community around the the sport? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, there's so many moving parts to this. You know, number one, when when you you got to get 11 kids on the field to work together, right? Number one, and be uh, selfless, right? Uh, because sometimes you might be the star running uh, receiver and you got to block for the running back, you know? And I think when it comes to the interior of the team, uh, the brotherhood and the bonds that are built are so, so great, right? That it carries and spills over to their parents, you know? Now their parents are on the stands and, you know, they want to wave the towels and, you know, uh, I got one earlier, so that's kind of bringing it up, but they want to get into all that, you know? And it spills over and it's pretty cool to see how Harlan has grown and we have such a great parent group that has evolved. Uh, they come decorate the kids' locker rooms, you know, and things like that and, you know, have send off for the kids. And so, you know, a lot of it right there alone is, is it speaks volumes of the community. And then now you involve the band and the cheer and the spirit groups and ROTC and you get all of them in there and their parents want to go watch their kids. Right. And so it just, it's a continual uh, you know, uh, uh, growth on there that just keeps going and going and going. And I think, you know, I look up in our stands a lot, right? And I can see that every week, no matter who we play, 
It is full, you know? Uh, and I think it speaks volumes of the support that every parent of not just football, but every organization has for their kid. They want to show up and show support that I'm here to watch my cheer daughter, my football player, my, you know, ROTC cadet uh, carrying the flags. You know, it's it's important. And so football in Texas, it, it can't get any better than that. You know, it's just uh, it's a great feeling. You know, anytime I step on the field, I tell the kids, I still get the butterflies like I did when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, 12 years old playing middle school football. You know, I said, it doesn't change to the to to where I'm at. But, you know, after that first play, just like you get that one hit and it's over for me after the one play, it's business. You know, let's go to work, you know. So great. I mean, if those, if those ever uh, if those butterflies ever go away, you, you know, something's wrong. Yeah, Yo, absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, no doubt. I don't want to keep you too long. Coach. I got two two last questions for you. So right. um, one of them just escaped me. But the. Uh, when it comes to TNL, why is it that you guys like agree to these games and 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 show up and, and want to play you know a big game? This is one of your biggest games of the entire season, and it's going to be broadcast for thousands of people to see. Why is it that you like being on TNL or want to be on something like this to kind of is it is it to really showcase your guys, your guys' community and and your and the people that you got going on at school? I think so. You know, I I tell even our football staff, I I tell them, you know. Uh, every time we play in a game, uh, we give our families, our community, just this small window of what, who we are, what we're about, right? And other than all the hearsay around, right, just that little window that if you go out there and you're working hard and the parents go, man, those coaching staff get it. They're, they're on our kids. They're getting it right. You know, they're doing right for them, all that good stuff. And you get that little window. And I think that Thursday Night Lights opens up that window to a big, big, uh, uh, you know, audience of other schools and campuses. And when they say, you know, why is Harlan successful? Well, look at the support we got, you know, uh, look at our band, look at our cheer, look at our football players, the way they behave, they act, they do, right? And those things, I think it's important, you know. You know, here at Northside, our brand is going beyond the game, right? And so it's a great way to showcase that that we do, you know. It's not just the football part, but there's a lot of things that go along with it. And I think Thursday Night Lights does a great job at, you know, doing the scholar athlete, right? Uh, highlighting a couple of kids in there uh, that, that have done well, you know, uh, and it's important. You know, I have a player who who's one of our running backs. We rotate like three running backs and uh, Jairi Graham, who's a sophomore and he's, uh, you know, hearing impaired, right? And, and so he's got that challenge, uh, but as a sophomore on our varsity team, you know, uh, and, and I think that, you know, to, to look at a story like that and and, and see what he's doing uh, is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And I think in the future, he's going to be one of those players that people can look back and go, wow, you know, great athlete at, at Harlan High School. And so there's just so much that goes along that is tied to it with Thursday Night Lights, you know, even here, even, you know, something new, right, with a podcast and listening to the stories. I think people make a dis, uh, a, a decision on what the program's like from the outside. Uh, but when you start hearing it from the inside, you go, that makes more sense. That makes sense why they've been successful. You know, I'm one of those coaches that for many years, I love to go see other programs. You know, 
I remember going to Reagan High School when David Wetzel was there and going, can I watch what you do? And he says, Coach, we don't do anything different, right? And I was like, I still want to watch, right? And and he he had open doors. I went in there to go watch him and uh, saw what he did. And if I took that one little nugget from him, that was good. Went to Judson when Jim Rackley was there, watched his boot camp, right? And, you know, he was, he was one of my coaches when I was at Southwest High School, my first two years, you know, he was a head coach there. And I wanted, I, I did it as a player, but I wanted to see it as a coach, you know, uh, and was able to see that when I was a younger coach. And so for me is, uh, I think it opens people's eyes of what we do and, and how we do it. And, and believe me, we, we take, we take every, all the good from everybody else. Right. And uh, I hope people are doing the same with us, you know, well, Coach, I, I do have one other question, but I can't imagine ending on a better note than I'll ask you on Thursday. How about that? All right. That sounds good. <laughs> all right, Coach. Well, thank you so much for the time. I know you got to get get on some kids real quick and make sure you guys are all prepared for Thursday. So I, I really appreciate the time. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. So that was Coach Eddie Salas who joined us. Uh, joined me yesterday on Tuesday. He took a little time out of his day while from prepping for uh, Brennan. So it was nice to hear from him. Let's get to some players now. This is uh, Brennan, defensive end Dylan Chapman first, and then you're going to hear senior running back Jason Love right after that. Boy, what a nice bounce back win that you guys had after that week one loss. It was like, what was the biggest difference between week one and week two? Um, the biggest difference was definitely like um, the intensity. Like we knew we lost and we, we just came back and we really just like put it all on the field. We knew we, we did not want to lose how we lost the last week. So we just came in. Like with full effort, and we want to get the dub. Um, what does it say about these teammates that not only did you, you lose, but you lost pretty mm-hmm. big to a very good steel team? Yes, sir. But then you guys came back out, you worked hard, and you got the victory. It was like, what does it say about the character of these guys that you play with? Um, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we're all a family here, so like, we we all do everything for each other. So, I mean, I mean, yep. I mean, if you look at. Um, just the running backs, you know, they did their thing. Caden, you know, he didn't let the loss affect him. He, he really he really did good last game. Um, defense really stepped up their game also. I yes, mean, sir. you guys were able to really put some pressure on, a, on a, an explosive offensive team in Brandeis. What changed defensively for you guys? What did you guys do differently? Um, we just upped the level at practice, you know. We came we came in, like, we came in faster. We, we played faster. Um, we, we really set the tone early as well. I feel like that that was the biggest difference. You know, we got that four and out, and then it just got everything clicking after that. Moving on to this week, you're playing a very good Harlan team, but you get to do it on television. You guys are no, you guys have been on television so many times, it's, it's almost like second nature. But when you find out, it was kind of like, okay, now we've got our biggest district game coming up, week one for district play and you get to showcase your talent all over South Texas. It was like, how special is that for you? I mean, it's an amazing feeling for all of us. I mean, not a lot of schools, I mean, a lot of schools get coverage, but not, not the amount of coverage that we get. So uh, we, just wanna, we just wanna show that we're still a dominant team, even though we did lose to a pretty good team in Texas. Um, without giving away any secrets, what does this defense need to do in order to be able to get a victory on Thursday night against a very good Harlan team? We just have to ex- execute our game plan because our coaches have everything set up exactly the way that we need to win. So, 
you lose a tough one in week one to a very good steel team. Then you come back to play a very good Brandeis team and you took care of business. What changed from week one to week two? Uh, just our execution and our game plan. Uh, we didn't execute as well as we would have hoped we were, or hoped we could in the first game. And all practice, all that week, we were just, you know, game planning to be a lot better than you were the first game. What does it say about the character of these young men that you take the field with from the standpoint of it's like they still came back out to practice, they played, they executed the game plan better. What does it say about these, these these guys, these dogs that you go out with every single week that it's just kind of like, you know what, we're not going to quit, we're never going to give up? I mean, I know we're really young, but I mean, everybody out here, we're all really dedicated to win. We're already really dedicated to this team and these coaches to uh, be on this field every day is a privilege and, you know, we take it with full gratitude. Um, there's a lot of expectations when you put on this Brennan Bear uniform. It was this, you have to be able to be good every single week. Do you think sometimes the younger guys don't quite get that early on and then as the season kind of wears on that they, you know it, it starts to click that it was like okay this there's a lot of responsibility here yeah it's, it was a lot of people's first varsity experience the first field game you know uh, not a lot of people had a lot of experience but to come back out here and to you know try to get better means a lot um you get the chance to showcase your talents on television this week not that you guys are are you know, this is unfamiliar territory for you guys. But how special is that, that now you guys, to open your district play against a very good Harlan team, that this one is, is a must-see game for all of South Texas to see. How special is that for you? You know, it's what we live for. It's what high school football is all about, to showcase your talents to everybody. And we're really um, we're really fortunate to be able to do this because not everybody can. So we're going to show everybody who we are. Um, without giving away any secrets, what do you guys need to do on the offensive side of the ball in order to be a, a very good Harlan team? You know, we have a lot of new things coming in. Just if we can polish things and make things as best as possible, we're going to have success. And now let's get to some Harlan players. This is Nathaniel uh, or Nate Teeler and then uh, offensive tackle Miguel Carrizales, who uh, I apologize if I messed up your name there, Miguel. Boy. Couldn't have asked for a better start to the season. A couple 20-point wins yeah. against some good opponents. It's uh, What's been working so well for you guys these first two weeks? Uh, I feel like the the work we put in the offseason and the bond we created as a team, that definitely made us shoot up. And our defense, we play fast, physical, our offense, fast, physical. And we really take, we take that to the teams, and that's how we, we, we get the dubs. What do you like about when you get out there on that field with these for lack of a better term, dogs. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, what do you like about these guys? Shoot, we just fly around. We stick, we hit, we make plays. And I know, I know, I could, I could trust a guy on the other side of me. He can trust me. We can all trust each other, and that's how, that's how we make plays. Obviously, you're starting off with, with one of the biggest opponents uh, that you're going to face in district, in, in Brennan. How do you make sure that, especially some of these young guys, for lack of a better term, you don't want to peak too early. You mm -hmm. kind of want to each day, you want to do like you've done so far this season, just take it every step of the way. It's how do you get these young guys to buy into that program of it's like, hey, don't get too excited too fast. Yes, sir. It's, like I said before, the, the bond we built in the offseason, it, it makes it easy to talk to these young guys. And we could, we, we could show them around, show them what to do, how to do it. So whenever it gets in the big game, it's, it's, like, it's like practice before. So. It's easy for these young guys. Um, TNL this week. Yes, All of South Texas gets to see probably the marquee matchup of the weekend. Yeah. How special is that, especially being your senior year, that you get a chance to showcase your talents against what the one game that everybody's been looking for for, for weeks now? No doubt. It's, it's a special. It's special because 
us versus Brandon, it's a rival, and they, they've had our number the past couple of years, but we, we really feel like we got something special this year. And shoot, we, we, we believe in each other. They like We, we believe we could, we could really get this done. Um, without giving away any secrets, what do you guys need to do in order, what are some of the keys to victory in order for you guys uh, uh, this coming Thursday? Shoot, fast, physical, abide by our rules that Coach, Coach Lewis, Coach Salas, Coach McKinney gave us. And I feel, I feel very confident in this on Thursday. And what's been working so well for you guys out there this year? You know what? I always love the run game. I'm offensive lineman. I like to keep the ball on the ground. Let's stay five yards. Let's control the clock. That's who I am as a person. And I love that. I love that our offense is centered around the run game. We throw in some RPOs. And we really we like to take what the defense gives us. That's what Coach McKinney always says. And it's just a matter of really um, capitalizing off defense and mistakes and then getting what we can, and whether that be five yards or a touchdown. So it's just about marching down the field keeping the ball going, keeping the clock going. What do you like about this offensive line that, you, uh, that you're partnering with? That... Yeah, so they're very young, so um, but ready to learn. They're very, um, they want to get better. Every single one of them, they're, they're willing to put in the work. I remember, you know, starting back in December with them because um, last year the whole O-line left but me. I'm the only returner, so I was like, man, I really got to just get this group going. And they were so ready to work. They were uh, willing to really put in that extra work, come in early with me in the mornings and just uh, get better. And that's helped us this year. How did you take your leadership role to that next level? Because now you are the only returner on that, that offensive line, and it's an awfully big part of what this offense does. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I really just, I'm, I'm very vocal, right, especially for my O-line. If people know me and they trust me, right, I like to build relationships. So if they know me, they know if I'm going to get mad at them, it's because I love them. It's because I care for them. Rather than if I just get mad at, like, some person I don't know, they're like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I like to build that relationship first so then they can follow me and trust me. Um, when you found out that this game, which is one of the biggest games of the year on your schedule, when this was going to be on TNL, how special is that, that it was like all of South Texas now gets to sit home and watch probably the marquee game of the, of the uh, weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we always say uh, against Brennan, district championships on the line. So I think it's a big deal. Right? Everyone's going to be watching. It's Thursday night. Everyone's going to say, all right, who's going to come out on top? Who's going to really make that statement? I like to think of this as a statement win telling the statement to the whole district and the whole state saying, oh, Harlan's for real. Harlan's going to come out. They're going to beat good teams, and that's why I think it's such a statement game for us. What do you guys need to do on the offensive? Don't give away any secrets. But what do you guys need to do on the offensive line in order to be able to get a victory against a, a, a much improved Brennan team from week one to week two? Absolutely. So um, I've watching film from week one to week two, they changed a lot. So we just have to be ready for everything, keep our head on the swivel, and just stay true to our rules. That's all I can say now. All right, well, I am stoked for TNL this week. It's going to be a great matchup between two guys, big brother, little brother, one trying to knock off the other. So it's going to be a really good matchup. I'm super excited for it. So that's all we have for you today on the this edition of the High School Hype Squad here on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. We'll be back on Friday. So we're doing a Friday episode this week to break down week one of the Cowboys season, look ahead of the UTSA-Texas State game. Hats off to G.J. Kinney, who had a great Week one at Texas State, knocking off Baylor. They look like they're not going to be a, a, a walk-in win for UTSA. So uh, Frank Harris and, and uh, Jeff Trailer and the boys going to have to put on their hard hats and, and come, to, come to work on that one. Um, we're going to talk to Don a little bit about the big donation from Harvey Najem uh, made to the UTSA football program. $2 million going to those guys so they can try and take them to the next level. We'll also talk Longhorns and Bama. We'll talk A&M. And uh, Miami. So that's all going to be on Friday. Quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. 
Uh, please download, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review, give us a five-star rating, give us some feedback. We have some exciting stuff coming. We'll have video here soon. Our uh, engineer who deals with the video, he's out this week. So Monday, I am hoping that we will have video for the YouTube viewers. Um, and then we will also be starting three days a week starting next week. So we will do Mondays. Mondays will be a review of, of the uh, Cowboys game, the UTSA game, Texas A&M, all that stuff. Wednesdays, you know, the high school hype squad, that's not going anywhere. And then Fridays, we will be uh, previewing. So kind of a review, then high school hype squad, and then preview Cowboys, Texas A&M, UTSA, Longhorns. When we get into Spurs, it's going to be Spurs basketball. We got a lot of stuff in the hopper. We got a lot of stuff cooking. We're excited for everybody that's here. So thank you so much for joining us on this week's High School Hype Squad. And we will see you right back here on Friday. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.